This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, good morning, Ark Church. Oh, we can do better than that. How are we doing this morning, Ark Church? There we go. Well, as always, it is an honor and privilege to be with you today to be able to speak uh, this morning. And I'm so thankful personally uh, for Pastor Allen and Miss Joy. They have been such a huge blessing uh, in my life and the life of my family. But I'm also thankful for you as a church because several years ago, or, or actually 17 years ago now, when we first came to the church, you guys welcomed us in. Even though I didn't want to know you guys, you guys welcomed us in and, and loved on us and um, just uh, helped us uh, in, in our journey and in our recovery, and, and, and uh, for, I will forever be thankful for that. Well, this morning, I, I believe that the Lord's put something in my heart, and um, it's all about the concept of repositioning. But before I get to that, uh, I just wanted to just, you know, talk how good God is. You know, he's faithful. How many of you know that God's faithful? He's good, you know, and I, and I think about uh, this, this past Tuesday, my wife and I, we had the opportunity to celebrate 25 years of marriage. And uh, I, I, I know what you're thinking, you, you know, you're, you're thinking, Derek, you've put up with her for 25 years, and I, I, you know, no, that's probably the other way around, but God's faithful because the first five years, to be honest with you, uh, were hell on earth, and, and uh, it's because of his goodness and his faithfulness that we've made it to 25 years. And, you know, uh, my wife, she's, she's a, a jewel, and, and I love her dearly. And, and um, you know, just thinking this week about all that God's done for us, it wasn't until we came here to Conroe that we started going to Florida on vacation every other year. We, my wife loves the beach, right? And so I would, you know, I'm, I'm like, Galveston is right down <laughs> And she's like, no, I want to go to Florida. And so we started going every other year to the beach. And so every year that we're supposed to go to the beach, she gets all excited like a little kid. And she gets, you know, this anticipation is on the inside of her. And so then we load up the minivan. And yes, I do have a minivan. (laughs) And we drive 900 miles to Destin, Florida. And every year for 23 years, every year my wife will get to the beach. She'll go down to the sand. She'll run to the water's edge. She'll put her feet in ankle deep and then she'll be in the water for about five minutes, and then she'll turn and she says, I'm good. And then for the next five days, she doesn't get close to the water. And so I'm always thinking, why did we just drive 900 miles just for you to have a five-minute water break? I can do that at the edge of Lake Conroe or something, you know. And, but something changed this last time. We drive to Destin, we get there, the kids and, and Gia, they, they get dressed and, and they go down to the beach and I tell them I'll be down there. And about 30, 45 minutes later, I come down to the beach and my wife's nowhere to be found. So then I look out towards the water and here's my wife on a boogie board <laughs> going back and forth on all these waves, laughing and having this grand old time. And I thought to myself, isn't God good? You see, what happened is is she had to reposition herself off of the beach to get into the water to enjoy the experience of riding the wave. Church, this morning, I believe God wants me to encourage you in this. God wants all of us to reposition ourselves in such a way to where we can ride the wave of what he has for us into his blessings and his promises for our life. 
But we've got to make a decision to get into the water. You see, I believe God's no respecter of persons. I believe that if we'll make a decision, first of all, to reposition ourselves so that we can come up close to God, he'll begin to turn things around. You know, I love it when I come to church on campus because what happens is, is it encourages my faith. When I can look around and I see people during the worship time with hands raised singing, the battle belongs to the Lord, that may be foreign to you, but let me explain what's going on there. You see, those of us with our hands raised, we realize something. We realize that, you know what, as we connect to God, as we get close to God, as we make a decision to leave all that garbage outside, that when we get in here and when we come to meet with God, something's going to change. And so I encourage you, if you've never tried it before, give it a try. Leave all that stuff behind. See, it's, it's not fair for Justin and the worship team to only have that connection with God, to only be able to get close to God. No, God wants all of us to come up close. And what happens? The Bible says that God and his presence and his power inhabits the praises of his people. And guys, whether it's one of us or whether it's all of us, I want you to understand something. God is in this place. The power to change our lives is in this place. So what would happen if this entire church made a decision to raise our hands and worship like we have lost our minds? What would happen? I believe that God would turn our lives up on end and everything that's coming against us will begin to fall away. Why? Because the power of God is now operating in a, in a larger capacity than ever before. God is doing something in this season, folks, whether you realize it or not. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was talking to my kids, and, and my kids, they, they, they always tell me, Dad, you're a little off, and, I, and that's okay. <laughs> but I made a statement, and it just kind of rocked them. I said, you know, I was reading the other day in Genesis about, about Noah, Noah and the ark. And, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you read in Scripture about Noah and the ark, Here's the biggest takeaway of all. Everybody and everything that was in the ark was saved. Guys, can I tell you this morning, it's not by chance that you're here at the ark church in Conroe, Texas today. I believe that because you're here today, God's going to do something in your life and those things that are coming against you trying to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your kids, steal your finances, steal your health, because you're a part of the ark, God's going to make sure that you're safe. And, and here's the deal. You know, I, I get the opportunity to teach a lot in our classes up in the classrooms up there. One of the things I always say is, is life change happens in the application. If you come to church and you simply just hear the word of God and don't apply it, you're cheating yourself. And so this morning, I'm going to challenge you and ask you to open your hearts and ask the Lord, Lord, what is an area in my life where I can reposition and come closer to you? Now, this whole concept of repositioning, it, it's fairly simple. We do it all the time. When you're standing up and you sit down, what just happened? You reposition, right? Think about it. This week, we've had rain nonstop every day. Most of us, we don't just stand outside in the rain, right? After a while, we reposition ourselves by going inside. Or think about this, Conroe, Texas month of August, 
100 degree temperature, 100% humidity. Most of us don't enjoy that. You know, I, I talk to my wife all the time. Her thing is, is her hair. I don't have that problem. <laughs> but for me, the intensity of the heat and humidity causes me to want to go inside. What am I doing? I'm repositioning myself from outside to indoors. Or maybe it looks like this. Maybe you're struggling financially and you have mounds and mounds of debt. And then one day you make a decision, I'm going to get out of debt. What are you doing? You're repositioning yourself financially. Or maybe you get a report from the doctor that says, you know what, you're unhealthy and, and you need to start eating better, you, you need to start exercising, and so you start going to the gym. You throw out everything in the pantry except for the Oreos, but you throw everything else out <laughs> and you start eating better. What are you doing? You're repositioning yourself so that you can improve your health. Guys, when we reposition, re reposition ourselves when it comes to God, everything changes, and it changes for our good. I want to go through three stories this morning that I believe helps us in this area of repositioning. The first being in Mark chapter 5. It's about the woman with the issue of blood. It says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. She'd even gotten, she, she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So now let's, let's look at this real quick. The very first thing out of the gate here, it, it says this lady suffered under this condition for many, many years. Not only that, it said she exhausted everything. She went to every doctor, every specialist. She tried everything, and she still couldn't get healed. In fact, it says she got worse. And then on top of that, it says she spent every cent that she had. But guess what? God, he's in the miracle working business. Nothing is too difficult for him. Guys, can I tell you, no duration is too long. Okay, if you've been dealing with something for, too, for a long time, God's still able. No situation is too bleak. If the doctors have given up on you, if everybody else has given up on you, God has not given up on you. God is a still in the miracle working business. In Matthew 19, 26, it says this, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything it's possible. That's why we want to get up close to God. Why? Because when we're linked up to him, everything is possible. All the limits are taken off. It doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with it. It doesn't matter, you know, what everyone else says. God's like, I got this. And I'll see you through. Second thing in this story I took away from is this. It says, she heard about Jesus 
and then she believed what she heard. She heard about him, and then she believed. Guys, can I tell you, it's not enough for us to come in here week after week on a Sunday or a Wednesday and simply hear about the goodness of God, how good he is, how faithful he is. It's not enough for us to hear that he's a healer. He's the one who restores and repairs. No, no, we have to hear and believe. Why? Because when you get to that believing part, now it it causes you to begin to act and respond in a different way. And it unlocks the power of God in your life. Hebrews 11.6 says this, It says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must first believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently or sincerely seek him. So we believe that God exists, right? But that's not enough. We've also got to believe that he rewards, that he blesses. God is still in the rewarding and blessing business today, folks. He wants to bless you. He wants to make the crooked places in your life straight. He wants to make the dark areas in your life go away. He wants to bring that that relationship, that marriage, that family back together again. He wants to lift that load of of pressure off of you when it comes to finances off and, and replace it with his peace and his joy. But you've got to believe all those things about him. You see, I can't live on Pastor Allen's faith. I can't live off of, of, of what he believes. I have to have my own belief. And that happens when I come up close to Jesus. Does that make sense? God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for her, he will do it for you, and he'll do it for me. You know, for me, one of the things that I, I struggled with early on when I came here, I talked about you guys em- embracing me when I first got here. We came to the Houston-Conroe area um, because I got a promotion on my job and, and um, I wasn't in a good spot when I came here, not at all. But when I came, there was something about this place that uh, started drawing me in. So things were difficult for the first four years. I actually worked for this guy and at the time I referred to this guy as uh, Satan's little brother, but uh, <laughs> he's not Satan's little brother, but I referred to him as that. And for a good portion of that time, that four years, I murmured and I complained and I whined and I murmured and I complained and I whined. And this guy was a tyrant. He was a bully. I mean, he came in letting people know that I'm going to step all over you, that it's about me. I could care less about you. You get in my way. I'm going to fire you. I mean, he was, it was just rough. And what he was doing to me and my counterparts wasn't right. But God's not called us to be complainers and whiners and murmurers. No, not at all. And I'll never forget You know, early on, I would come to church, you know, whenever I was here, and people would say, how are things going? And I would just complain and whine and murmur, and nothing changed. Often I wondered, you know, hey, they don't talk to me anymore. Why? Because all I was doing was complaining and whining and murmuring. But I made a decision at some point in time to come up close to God. And so for me, coming up close to God meant I got to take another step. And so... They were offering this class called Healing Class, and I'd never heard of it before. But in this class, there were two powerhouses in the front of the room, Miss Joy Clayton, Pastor Allen's wife, and Miss Janet Hesselow. 
and they were teaching about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, about how God still heals today. And, and they were teaching these things. And, and week after week, I was sitting in this class, listening to the word of God, hearing about Jesus, hearing about the goodness of, of God. And then at some point, something switched. I began to believe what they were sharing about the Lord. And then, all of a sudden, I could begin to hear the Lord more clearly. And I'll never forget that day. And I'm still going through this stuff at work. And I remember the Lord speaking to my heart, and the Lord told me, you need to pray for him. I'm like, I'm not praying for Satan's little brother. <laughs> and can I tell you, nothing in my life changed. But I kept coming to healing class, hearing and hearing and believing and believing. And finally, I made the decision to get in line with what God was telling me to do. And I began praying for this guy. Well, here's the deal. This guy had this tactic he would play. He would have this pre-written resignation letter, and basically, if he didn't like you, he'd have you come into his office, and somehow, I don't know if he had Jedi mind tricks or whatever, but somehow he would make people sign this resignation letter without him having to terminate you, and then they'd be separated from the company. And so I had so many counterparts. In fact, I used to joke with my wife and a few other people that I felt like I was on an episode of Survivor because of all the people that came and went during my time there. But I will never forget the day. Now, I'm praying for this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm praying over him. I'll never forget the day that I got that call to the office. He called me up, pulled out that piece of paper, and put it on my desk. And then he slams his hand down and says, tell me right now why you shouldn't sign this piece of paper. And during this time, I've been praying. Before that, I've been murmuring and complaining, fearful of this guy and everything. Guys, out of me came this response. He says, tell me why I shouldn't have you sign this piece of paper. And I was like, you need me. He said, what? I said, I'm a child of God. And he said, what does that mean? I was like, I'm a child of God. You need me here. He was like, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do, because I'm praying for you. He says, what? I said, I'm praying for you. You need me. I'm a child of God. And any success this, that this place has is going to be because I'm here. And he looked at me, and he was like, you need to calm down. You're doing a good job. Go back out. So I turned around, and I walked out. Now, can I be a little candid with you? His attitude and his, 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 his way of operating didn't change. In fact, while I was praying for him, I was still having some issues of anger and, 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 and frustration with the guy. And uh, it got so bad where, uh, you know, because this guy was an alcoholic, um, he's running around on his wife. It, it, it got so bad where I, I started having thoughts. I'm like, Lord, he's Satan's little brother. You know what? You, you can just take him out one day, let a car come by. It'll be fast, <laughs> quick. I mean, hey, I'm being, it, it, I'm being for real. Because when you're hurt, hey, when you're hurt, right, you want other people to hurt. It, 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 is that fair? But that's not God's way. But I was sitting in my car, and he was going to lunch, and I thought, Lord, I could just gun it right now. And <laughs> done deal. But I didn't. I kept praying. And I kept praying. And I kept praying. And I kept praying. Then all of a sudden, I started seeing things happening in his life. Things began to change. Things began to turn around. Two years go by, and he's getting ready to leave the company. And, uh, you know, the company had restructured, so I, I didn't report to him anymore. But I kept praying for the guy. 
I'm in my office one morning, and I hear a knock on the door, and he comes in. He goes, hey, I don't know if you heard that I'm leaving the company, but I just wanted to let you know how thankful I am of you. He said, I've known many Christians. He goes, but you're the real deal. Turn around, and then he says, wait, one other thing. He goes, I don't drink anymore, and my wife, we're in a good, we're in a good place. So thank you. And he turned and he walked out. Yeah, but you're not going to clap here in a minute. So <laughs> he walks out, and, and initially my, my first thought was, is, no, Lord, this is not how this is supposed to happen. You're supposed to take this dude out. But later that night as I was in prayer, God showed me something. He showed me, Derek, when you made a decision to come up close to me, not only was I able to do something in your life, but I was also able to do something in the life of someone else. Guys, this is bigger than us. We've got to make a decision to come up close to God so that he can do, do his work in us and do his work through us. God's going to do some amazing things in the days ahead as we purpose in our hearts to come close. The second story I want to share, it comes out of Habakkuk, and it's in the first chapter, second chapter, and third chapter. We'll start in chapter one. It says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become preferred. That sounds close to home, doesn't it? Yeah. But guess what, guys? Let's look at Habakkuk's response. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And then the Lord said to me, and it goes on, the Lord tell, gives him instruction. He says, write the vision down and make it plain. But then at the end of the chapter, here, this is Habakkuk's heart now. He says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Guys, can I tell you, God is still on the throne today. And it doesn't matter what's going on around us. God can make it go away just like that. We need to keep our sights on God. So the very first thing when we talk about repositioning, we need to reposition ourselves to come up close to God. But here, we need to reposition our hope and place our hope on God. You see, our hope should have never, ever been on the government. Our hope should have never, ever been in the organization we work for. Our hope should be in one place and one place alone, and that's in God and in his word. Does that make sense? And that's where we need to leave it. We need to leave our hope there. In, in this story here, uh, it, it, Hosea, he's going through this current situation. He's like, God, what's going on? He's like, this has been going on for a long time. Lord, where are you at? You ever had that where you're like, Lord, okay, I can't take anymore. Enough is enough. It's just been going on and on and on. Can I encourage you in this? Guys, it's okay to take your concerns to the Lord. But that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to bring them to him and leave them there. Not murmur, not complain. We are to lay them there on him once and for all. The issue becomes when it turns into a murmuring and complaining and a why God, why me God. We don't want to do that. 
We want to leave them before the Lord. One of the things that, that Habakkuk tells us in this story, excuse me, in, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so we don't want to worry about it. We don't want to stress about it. We don't want to become anxious about it. No matter what's going on, no matter how long we've been dealing with it, we want to take it to God and give it to him. And if we'll do that, we'll get his peace. The second thing here in Habakkuk, he went up to a higher place in, in the second chapter. He went up to a higher place waiting for the Lord's answer. Guys, can I tell you, you don't have to wait until a Sunday or a Wednesday to hear from God. You can hear from God any moment of the day. He wants to speak to you. In Psalm 27, 13, and 14, he says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. You have to have it in your heart, a strong conviction that, you know what, times may be tough now, but I am going to see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. Does that make sense? And when you can get that conviction, when you can begin to believe that, things begin to turn around for you in a major way. Um, and the final piece here is we can't be moved by anxious thoughts uh, with our current circumstances. No, we have to keep our minds on things above. In Colossians 3.2, it says this, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Habakkuk went up and he set his mind on the Lord and the Lord answered. The Lord will always answer, always. He references us as his sheep. He says we hear his voice. I like to say it this way, on the inside of us is a tuner. And uh, all we have to do is tune into the right frequency to be able to hear the Lord. He's always speaking, guys. So with Derek's situation, I had to take out the hate. I had to take out the anger. I had to take out the hurt. I had to take out the bitterness. And when I was willing to do that, I was able to hear the Lord clearly and able to begin doing what he told me to do. And then things began to turn around. Last story here uh, before we get ready to close. In Luke chapter 19, it's a story about Zacchaeus. So this morning we've talked about coming up close to the Lord and we've talked about putting our hope in the Lord. With the story of Zacchaeus, we want to place our faith and expectation for the things of God. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. So Zacchaeus 
is this guy. The Bible says that he was short in stature and uh, he couldn't get close to the Lord. And so what did he do? Zacchaeus looked out ahead to find a way to get to Jesus. You and I have to be willing to find a way. We've got to remove every obstacle, every excuse, and find a way to get to Jesus. You know, I, I know we live in a world where, where there's a high demand on us from our employers. We're working 18, 20 hours. Uh, we got too many kids, and they're all involved in stuff, and so we're going here and there. But guys, can I tell you, if Zacchaeus found a way, we can find a way. And if, if you're willing to find a way, God will move on your behalf. Think about it. Zacchaeus got in that tree, he climbed up, and his act of faith caught the attention of Jesus. Jesus looked up and said, hey, Zacchaeus, take me to your home. And he ended up taking Jesus to his home. And then we find here that not only did Zacchaeus, not only was he impacted by the Lord, but it says his entire household. Our actions have the ability to impact our entire household. But we've got to be willing to take our faith and place it in the Lord. Well, how do we do that? How do we place our faith and our expectation in the Lord? Guys, can I tell you, I say it all the time. It go, it's, it's by the word of God. The only way your faith is going to be able to be placed correctly is by getting into the word of God. The only way you're going to be able to believe what you hear is by getting in the word of God. You see, I learned a long time ago, it's not good, of me, good enough for me to, to, to listen just to someone's opinion. You want to get into the Word of God. I come from a long lineage of people that struggled. They struggled in poverty. They struggled in lack. Why? Because for a long time, none of us opened this thing. This was just a decoration in our house. It sat at the front door, and so we saw it when we went in. We saw it when we came out. But what was on the inside of it wasn't on the inside of us. It wasn't until I came into a church like this where they, start, they started sharing that we need to get into the Word of God and learn what the Lord was saying to us that I learned that God didn't call me to a life of lack. God called me to a life of abundance, abundance of peace, abundance of joy, abundance of health, and ab abundance that all my needs would be met. Why? Because of, that's who Jesus is. Now, I'm not talking about what the media or what television would tell you is abundance. I'm saying all of my needs are met. I'm at peace. I can go to sleep at peace. I can wake up at peace. When things come my way, it's kind of like those these uh, mosquitoes and these doggone, um, um, y'all got all kind of bugs here. You got flying roaches, mosquitoes, <laughs> and everything. But when they come at me, I just swat them down. I don't let them land. Why would I want to let them land? It's the same way, guys. When life happens, when it comes your way, spiritually speaking, when you're in the Word of God, you can swat those things down. Yeah, you know what, Doc? That's a bad report, but it can't stay. Yeah, you know what? I lost my job. But you know what? My God's going to supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You're swatting it down. Yeah, I know. You know what? That child of mine has lost his mind. He's gone off. But you know what? He will return because God said, you know, all I got to do is pray for him and, that, and, and train him up in the way that he should go. And, and, and what are you doing? You're swatting those things down. And so we learn these things when we come up close to God. And the word of God helps us to come up close. So what does all this mean for us? In Lamentations 3.40, it says this. Instead, let us test and examine our ways. Let us turn back to the Lord. Let us come up close. So how do we come up close? This morning, you may find yourself in a toxic friendship or, you know, a, 
strained relationship and it's not healthy for you, well, let me encourage you. If you want a healthy relationship, a relationship where you can grow strong, similar to myself where I got involved in healing class. Guys, we have groups and classes every week. Groups on Sunday, groups on Tuesday, groups on Wednesday. Get involved in a community of people that will encourage you, uplift you. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another. You know, I, I just talked about 25 years of marriage. I thank God that I got around men and women who had better marriages than we had that called us up to a higher place. That helped us to grow in that area of our life. What did we do? We repositioned ourselves from where we were to what God had for us. Does that make sense? You can also get into a serving opportunity where there's a lot of great people in there. You may find yourself dealing with anger and bitterness and hurt this morning. How do you reposition yourself? Well, you do that by letting it go, by releasing it. God's not called us to do that. And finally, you may find yourself here today and you may not know of this Jesus, this God that I'm talking about. Well, that's real simple. This morning, all you'll have to do is to give your heart to him. Would you bow your heads this morning? You know, I've talked about a lot of things this morning, but the one thing that I want to drive home is this. God is good. He's faithful. He's always loving. And he's always ready to receive you. This morning, if you don't know God as your personal Lord and Savior, and you say, Derek, I, I, I want to take that step this morning. Or maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you've been close to the Lord, but somehow you've gotten off track and, and, and you're ready to get back in line with God. Here in just a few minutes, we're going to give you an opportunity to make that decision. And so I'm going to ask that if either of those fits you today, you don't know the Lord or you're ready to come back to the Lord with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you just to, as a show of faith, if you'll just raise your hand and say, Derek, this is my day. This is the day the Lord has made for me to come back to him. I, thank you. See those hands? Thank you. Okay, if you'll put those hands down. Well, each week as a church family, we all say this prayer together. So I'm going to ask us to say it together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. And I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, we just thank you for every person who said that, who made that prayer today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for, for giving them clarity, direction, and clear understanding in the days ahead. Father, we thank you that you are still in the restoring business, that you are still in the business, Lord God, of turning uh, the crooked places around. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, that you just bless them, Lord God, and, and show them that you are, are, are there present with them uh, in this moment. And, Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.